Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. One, Stephen Gerrard's Aston Villa nil. We took the long way around, but we got there in the end. And to discuss it, I have Steve Patterson in Donegal. I have Johnny Henderson in Belfast. And I've got Dave Karen in Brazil. Dave, it's, it's one of those games where... It's a bit wolves, but it's not where we're making chances and we look decent. First half, we probably could create a little bit more, but you kind of always feel like it's coming. And just when you're starting to feel like mm, it's maybe not coming and we're, the decisions maybe aren't going our way, we get the penalty and Salah strokes at home. And those, those are the games and those are the results. When you come out with a win rather than a draw, they make the distance, or they make the difference, sorry. And over this course of, you know, I think it's this the fourth game into the, the nine games in December, you know, this is where we have made the difference in previous seasons. And it's just, a, it's a great result to come away with, isn't it? I know, I think you mentioned the Wolves result as well, Dave. I think the two of them um, could could end up being a springboard, you know what I mean? And, you know, you mentioned Gerard go back, which... Like quite honestly, was quite bizarre. Like really, really, really quite bizarre. You know, I, I was honestly the day he made his debut, and to see him managing, to see him on, in, in the opposing anything, is just really fucking weird. When you've watched like his whole career, um, and and you know he's read through and through, and it was just, it was just bizarre. And I think it made for, I think it made that time more than what it was. Um, I think it made the an, an occasion bigger than it was. Uh, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Villa there, but but really, uh, you know, we huffed and we puffed. We didn't play exceptionally well. We played well, but not exceptionally well. There was a couple of shouts, but they were, you know, you said about Wolves and, and the similarities. Wolves were really, really, to me, better organised um, than Villa were. Um, and, and maybe a, a bit harder to break down. It, was, it wasn't for the lack of chances. The chances were coming. Um, it's ju- it was just, we weren't at our our super clinical best. Um, you know, I know you think there was there was shout for three pens there. Uh, certainly the one on Manny for me, it, it, I, I, I think it's a pen. Um, the other two opened the interpretation. But the, the, the one thing for sure is that the, the Salah one was 100% nailed on pen. And, and the style in which he dispatched it, like off the post and in. And the goalkeeper, had, like, you know... I think it was the only spot that Salah could have put that, that the keeper couldn't have got it. And the keeper made a hell of a fucking effort to get it. Um, it was an absolute peach of a pen. But, you know, Dave, like, beyond that, there's not a great deal of of, of, of incident. There's not a great deal of, you know, as I say, the, the way I would describe it is we huffed and we puffed. And, and, and you know, eventually it took a pen. And, and it's becoming a bit of a habit as well. Maybe <laughs> uh, who cares? It's three points, sort of thing. But you know what I mean. If uh, we're relying on pens, um, <clears throat> pardon me, where we've been really free scoring in a lot of other games. You know, threes and fours. Um, but as you say, it's, it's it's the start of this crazy period going in, into um, December. And you know, we've all, we've all a lot to get through in that time, and and grinding these points out. It, it sends a message, you know, uh, we, we've talked about Chelsea and whatnot. Um, you know, Chelsea look at us and, 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 and City and, and they see two teams that they know 
can do something that they've yet to do is just go on that really, really long unbeaten run, grinding things out. And and, and I think that's what we're seeing. I don't think we're we're as good as what we were, uh, maybe, you know, before the pandemic. I don't think I don't think we are as good, Um, but we're not far off it now. We're, We're getting back to that. And and I think that's the most important part of it all. Yeah, a hundred percent, Johnny. Salah scores another penalty, worst penalty taker ever. <laughs> the best. Worst. I think we said this. The best worst yeah. ever. <laughs> Honestly, um, it's you know he's taken twenty one penalties for us. He scored nineteen. It's fifteen in a row now in the Premier League that he's put away. And that is the longest run in Premier League history, only to be beaten by Matt Letizia with 23. And, yeah, it takes a penalty, which is, which is fine, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, we, we might have huffed and puffed, but in reality, um, our XG is 2.46, 2.5, if, if you want to look at it, like, depending on, on what, what statistical um, outcome outlook you look at um, or outlet that you look at but that's about bang on average for the season you know we're in and around 40 for the season um, over 16 matches so it's pretty bang on and we are making the chances and I don't know have you seen have you, have you seen a change potentially like they've had if, if you talk about the Wolves game talk about this game or do you think it's just a, a case of us just maybe just not being as clinical as we have been in the past no I think <laughs> I think it's just the circumstances of it, if I'm honest. Um, I think we came up against two of, like, outside City and Chelsea, um, Wolves and Villa. They're quite good defensively. You know, they're they're very, they're, they're solid teams. They're well organised. They get people behind the ball, and I think. There's a genuine thing with Liverpool this year, and that we we've been so free scoring. You know, we're we're literally breaking records with the number of goals we're scoring. That a lot of teams are being overly cautious against us, and that brings its positives and its negatives. I mean, the positives are that when teams start to think they're beat before they they go out in the pitch, and they're so scared of you that they don't really have a go, you sort of welcome that. And we used to. You know, we used to decry that when when teams went to Old Trafford and done it against Ferguson United. You know, they were so so scared of them. Um, so it, it it brings its positives in that you've got teams that don't really have a go, but then it brings its negatives in that when teams that have a lot of solid, good players that are well organized, like Wolves were last week and like Villa were this week, you know, it 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 makes it really difficult. But I thought it was a very mature. I thought it was a very dare I say, a title one um, performance from us because they they didn't have a shot on target. They're a good side. You know, Gerard. I think Gerard will do well with them. And, you know, we've seen them tonight win 2-0 at Norwich and they were, they were very, very solid, very convincing there. They've been defensively very solid since Gerard's gone there. I know it's a short window of time and stuff, but... We absolutely dominated them in every aspect of that game. When it came to winning the ball, winning second balls, moving the ball wide, creating chances, um, and they were they were a good disciplined team. They, they they sat deep, but we were always in control. And yeah, listen, it took a little bit of a, you know, 
it, it was a definite penalty. You know, eventually the way the pressure told, and if you put Mo Salah in the box against Tyrone Mings, who's not very good, I don't rate Mings at all, um, he's always going to, at some point, against attackers of that quality, make a mistake. So uh, I, I don't, I, I just think it's a horses for courses thing. Uh, I could see us absolutely, I mean, I watched Newcastle on uh, on Sunday. Christ, oh my God, they are they are not good. They are so all over the place. I didn't even think Leicester were that good, and Leicester beat them four 0 And I'm telling you, I didn't even think Leicester were that good. I don't think Leicester are up to much this season. Leicester, that, ha- Leicester haven't been that good. Yeah, and and that results way out of kilter with their form this season. And, and Dave, if you watch that game, Newcastle had a lot of situations where you were like, the right. Two passes and they would have been in on goal. Leicester are not good. They're not good. But my God, the 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 dis, the lack of organisation, the 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 lack of discipline at the back of that in that Newcastle defence. I mean, they don't have good players at the back. That's one thing they've got. They you know they've got limited players and they've got no real plan. So, um, I think it'll be a totally different ball game. But I just think we've met two teams that are that are stubborn. And resilient, and it's it, we've come out of them on the right end. But we've got the we've got the results. And uh, and by the way, I just thought it, the we were talking, you know, Salah's penalty record, which is exemplary. Uh, he's only missed that one against Milan in the Champions League. But uh, there was so much shit house going on before that penalty. I mean, Martinez. Oh, I know a couple of guys that were at the game, and they just said he was unbelievable for time wasting. He was at it the whole game. They have no idea how he wasn't booked. He was in Sal- He was trying to get in Salah's face. They tried everything. He went in front of the penalty spot. Mings done it, but the you know Salah. He was just the coolest man on the ground. He just puts it right into the side net, um, which which is what you want to you know just puts it right in that corner. So um, yeah, listen, I, 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 it didn't feel like it, but if you actually watch it back, it was a comfortable one 0 win. Might have felt like it, but it was. We were much the better team, and it was totally deserved. Yeah, if, if anybody wants to have a look at um, Emily Martinez's this is shit house. We just go and watch the the Cup <laughs> America penalty shootout final. It's an absolute masterclass. It really is. It's phenomenally entertaining, um, and we got some of that. And to be honest, I wouldn't. I would have been disappointed had we not got it. Um, but see, you know, again, despite that. The lacklustre um, refereeing performance and being as kind as I possibly can there. Um, we somehow continue just to show this resilience and show this belief. And no matter how badly things seem to be going against us, and no matter what decisions don't seem to be going our way, similar against Wolves, um, silly misses, silly chances, not dispatched. The old adage you like to trot out every now and again, and particularly during the title winning season, is this team just went and found a way, didn't it? And they did find a way, despite a ropey kind of last 15 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they just... um, They will find a way to, um, to score one more than you, basically, to score to get the result they need. And... You know that is massive. That is that is the stuff of champions. 
it was a it was an early game, uh, not in the sense that it was bad tempered, but that it was it was very much um, attack against defence essentially. Whether Gerard actually set out to to come and sit that deep, or whether it was a consequence of of just being pushed back by the way Liverpool played, um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but. Certainly, looking at the stats at half time, it was was absolutely one sided, and that was borne out by what you could see on the pitch. Um, in the second half, it was the, the traffic was was even more flowing in in the one direction, and you know eventually we we get the penalty with with Salah, what's a clear foul by by Mings, but there there is an incident with Mane earlier in the game. Uh, as well, and and there's a third one as well, which you mentioned before, but I can't quite think of it. Do you want to? It's the it? Robertson, the Campbell one, which is it's kind of the Mane one. I think's blatant. He grabs yeah, the absolutely. It, he pulls it's it off. Absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely blatant. There's the Robertson, the Campbell one, where he kind of cuts inside Matt Cash, and the Campbell, he, he he's running towards Robertson. Robertson kind of runs over him as he's running towards him. There's a lot but there is on. contact, isn't there? There's definitely contact. And I yeah. think last season that would be analysed to within an inch of its life and it would probably be given. But for some reason, not just in this game, but right over the weekend, there seemed to be a real reluctance for, for referees to go and look at, at video screens, um, which was odd, kind of a departure from, to be honest with you, Chief, what I had thought this year was VAR kind of working pretty well. Um, you know, I think credit words due. I think they've the sent the ref to the right, sent the ref in the screen to the right times. I think largely on review, they've they've got to the right decisions. Um, they're not afraid to overturn their own decisions, um, and neither have their mates been afraid to call them out. But this seems to have been, you know, at the opposite end of the scale from what I've seen so far this year. Yeah, um, I thought at the weekend uh, there were a lot of really bad decisions across the um, across the the Premier League. Uh, most notably, uh, the one John Moss gave um, uh, against against Jao Moutinho and and very much in the favour of Man City, which won them that also very hard fought and tightly contested game. Um, but yeah, I thought I think Atwell's one of the worst referees there is. But I mean. That's really, it's really getting hard to say that because the standard is so low. Um, I was going to say it's a low fucking bar, isn't it? It really is. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, it's, we were joking, we were joking before about politics and we were saying, you know, we thought those were cons at the time, but Jesus, looking back now, they're, they're like statesmen. And it's the same with referees. You know, we've always thought, none of us have ever been that enamored with referees, but when you look back at some of them, now, who you thought were were pretty bad at the time, you're kind of you're kind of almost wishing they hadn't retired, you know, because it's gotten worse and worse. It's ever decreasing circles, unfortunately. So you've got to a point that now with VAR as well, even if you have a semi-competent ref on the pitch, you're bound to have a clown on the VAR. So you're kind of fucked either way. Um, I thought Atwell was 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 his usual awful self, awful Atwell. Is what I call him. It's uh, not a very catchy or fun name, but hey, that's that's me. He's shocking, and but it's what you come to expect, and I think it's what the players have now come to expect. They, they know they don't get favours from referees, uh, not even the favour of them consistently doing their job in a semi-competent way, 
which most people would just call, um, you know, standard operating procedure, but not for referees. So it is what it is, and 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 the beauty of it of that result is is that as you mentioned, they found a way despite all the shite. Uh, he did, we did get a penalty out of him despite his his absolute reluctance to to give us anything. Uh, we plugged away and plugged away and got what we deserved in the end. Although probably should have been a bit more comfortable, but I agree with with the lads what's been said. I think the last two results are massive. Um, I think I said on a podcast a few weeks ago, it might have been when it was just us and we predicted Liverpool would win all the games in December. Um, and I said that if you disregard the the madness of of last season, the two previous seasons under Klopp, Liverpool had won all their league games in December. And I was just looking back now just to check I hadn't been talking shite. And actually, it, it is true they had won all their league games in in December. In fact, the only loss across the two seasons was the five nil in the um, Cup against Villa when actually our full team was playing in the in the Club World Cup, Club World Championship, whatever it's called. So which we won, which we won absolutely. Um, but our obviously our under under 18s got spanked by uh, by Villa in in the fourth. I think it was the third round of the cup or whatever it was. So I felt at the time you said you you were saying it was bold, and I felt yeah it is bold. But if you want to win the title, you you need to be putting these wins on the board and. You know, the last two games are games that we quite easily could have slipped up in. I think Johnny's right. I'm still talking here, but I'll shut up in a second. I think Johnny's right with the, the fact that the Steven Gerrard coming back made this much more an event of an event than, than it ordinarily would or should be. Um, so I think it was massive for us to to get the win there. Um, and I think also against Wolves, when you've gotten to the 94th minute and it's still nil-nil, you're fearing the worst, really. So to pull that out of the bag and to be six out of six from those two games and four out of four in December in terms of wins already is is just amazing. It's it's what you need, but um, you know the fact that we've got it proves we're we're absolutely serious about this. Yeah, we are serious about this, Dave. And you know, no one seems as serious about it as Thiago at the minute. His demeanour is just that of consummate professionalism and determination you see that in the way he reacts in the touchline you see it in in his performances in the pitch and he's come in there and for me what a difference he's made what a balance he's brought what control he's he's brought not just in the middle of the park but to the whole team um and he's been protected i, I don't know if i think he's played the last eight um and i don't think He's, he's done 90. Um, often you'll see him brought off 60, 60, 70. Now it was 84 the weekend, probably because it was it was a bit tighter than it has been. But this is a guy who, you know, he is a diff- he is an absolute difference maker. He is he single handedly has taken us to another level. I think <laughs> he's very different than what we have, Dave. Um, or anything that we've had in, in, in the he's recent past. He's very different what we've had in Wijnaldum, which you would suggest. Oh. Well, sure, sure, he's going on loan. He's coming back in January, sure, apparently. So, oh, well, oh, we, still oh. need, we also still need to replace him, don't forget. Well, you know, that was my, like, Tino Wijnaldum was a great player for us, but, you you know, there was a stage this season where you'd have thought the fucking club couldn't exist without him, you know what I mean, or could never have existed before his, his existence. Um, I, I, you know, he was a great player for us, but times we have to move on. Um, and Thiago 
is is what we're moving on to. He seems to be the player that has come in um, to replace Wijnaldum in that in, in that three. Uh, you know, that for the big games, Klopp's first eleven, so to speak. Um, and you know, I think it was you that said maybe pre-pod Dave about him and Fabinho being being almost a pivot that they are a two. Um, and, and I kind of sort of buy into that, but I think they're a wee bit more than that as well. Um, you know, Fabinho's quite an intelligent footballer as well. Um, Thiago is, is is a hyper intelligent footballer, and 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 they they they're to me. I don't think we've seen the best of them yet together. I still think that they're working on that. And and you know, as you say, he, he's being very sparing with Thiago. He's not playing on the ninety, but I think. I don't know very much about him at Munich, but it was intimated to me basically that that he could, you know, he has his fair share of injuries. So clearly, it's something that the medical staff, and he's had his fair share of injuries since he's since he's come to us. Some not his fault, but others niggles and so on. So you know how we are. You know how Klopp is about about managing minutes, and 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 the medical staff are all very much all on top of that. So. You know, one can only imagine that is the best course of action, the best remedy that that, that the club are seeing at the moment. Get the best out of him for for, for an hour, seventy minutes, uh, and then haul him off. And you know, we we do have viable options who need game time on the bench. It's just I think these last two games sort of show that he's he's staying a little bit longer because of the the games weren't out of sight. Um, you know, we saw I think even Salah being taken off, and I was three or four nil up in a, in a game recently. And, and you know this is all managing minutes, and and it all goes towards a title and and, and a Champions League charge. And you know, they're, they're, realistically, you know, we could do a double this year, absolutely no problem. I've said it. There you go. We could do a, a European and league double this season. Um, I, I I about four or five weeks ago, I might have not said that, but certainly you see the way things are shaping up, and 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 a lot to do with it is that solidity now that we have in midfield. And you were reciting stats, Dave, which I'm sure you'll 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 be happy to 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 recount to us. And 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 the stats speak for themselves. Whenever we have that three at the moment, that seems to be our best um, option in the midfield. And you know, there's other bit part players like Ox has been thrown in there. Um, I don't want to make Ox to be honest. He's he's good, but he's not fantastic. And you know, at this moment in time, they're the best three, and I do like I do like him and Fabinho together, and I do like the freedom it gives the, the the two of them. They trust in each other, and and there's a good thing beginning here. I don't think we're anywhere near the peak of it. I think we're still at the start of it. Yeah, well, Johnny, if we're at the start of it, that's this will be quite a sight to behold. Um, there has been a shift um, in how we play, and you've seen it from the start of the season. Um, with, with the likes of Elliot playing in like a really advanced kind of 10, kind of right-hand side 10 role. And, and Henderson's taken that position up as well. It's very much a three with Henderson, Trent and and Salah. And then you've got that partnership, like that double axis in the middle of the park with, with Thiago and and Fabinho. And, and the stats that Dave was, was talking about is it's, it's one goal conceded in the last eight um, with Thiago playing. Um, no shots on target for Villa at the weekend, um, and with Fabinho and Thiago starting a game together, it's it's fourteen fourteen wins, one draw, no defeats, and forty goals scored and six conceded. This is far from insignificant, isn't it? 
And this is potentially the change that Klopp has been trying to make for maybe 18 months now um, since he's come in. And maybe now we're starting to see a team that really understands these different partnerships working together in the pits and not just the partnerships in isolation, but how they all kind of fit together and protect each other. Yeah, I think all of that's absolutely right. Um, I always cast my mind back to the Merseyside derby when Van Dyke got injured, which was obviously a disastrous day um, for our season. I mean, I am still absolutely of the belief that we would have retained the title if, if, if not for the injuries last year. And I think that, you know, if you, if you think back to that game, that that axis started in midfield. You had that Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, which we hadn't seen much of. And the one thing that struck me about that was the absolute control um, that that we had in that game. And I think you're right. I think it is something the club's been 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 building towards is having that that those combinations all over the pitch. And I think quite rightly there is a bias. And and some people have said that listen. Has Robertson's form dropped off? Well, maybe it has a little bit. I mean, Simicass is, you know, right up there with him now in terms of who should start in the team. But, but I think there's been a definite bias in the team as well. They're utilising the strengths of of Trent because uh, super a footballer as Andy Robbo is, and he's he's you know he's one of the best left backs I've ever seen in my lifetime play for us. He's immense. Um, Trent just has this unique skill set, which which is pretty much unparalleled. I don't think I've ever seen a young player come through at Liverpool with a Gerrard aside, maybe, that just has this range to his game of passing and, you know, his, his vision and the things he can see and the, the way he can execute it. And, and I think the club, you know, those guys that's behind the scenes with Klopp, and when they, when they formulate the... the the plans and the tactics they've seen that and they want to get him involved in central positions and Harvey Elliott was part of that plan it's put a almost like a creative number 10 side out on them let's let's occupy them let's make them think Hendo backs it up and then Trent can come inside and Trent's playing so much more central it's a bit Guardiola-esque actually in the way we're getting you, know, you can see with Cancelo the way they do. We're we're overloading the midfield with bodies, uh, and and Trent's doing that in the, in that right right sided mid, midfield position. So it 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 is. I think it's that game we've seen how good it could be, and it was obviously taken away because the blue shade done. They done Van Dijk. They done Thiago in the same game. We never seen Thiago for three months, so you're dead right. And I mean, we seen at the end of last season. I think in those last eight games, last season, eight nine games, when when we had Fabinho and Thiago together on the pitch, they're just such they just complement each other brilliantly. I mean, Fabinho is one of the for me, he's the best defensive midfielder in the world in terms of anticipating danger, seeing seeing things early, and then being incisive with his passing when he does get it and. Just his athleticism, I think he's magnificent. Thiago is just a class act. He's a class act. He's been a class act. You've seen him at Bayern. You've seen him at Barca. He's he's a Rolls Royce. He's, he he can see passes. He's such a classy player. And yeah, I I I just think now we've got that. That is Klopp's 
we always say with Liverpool, you know, you, you know, you know, Naby Keita, Oxley Chamberlain, Curtis Jones, James Milner. He used to be Genie Wijnaldum, Wijnaldum in that conversation. There's there, there's always these options, but you you always ask the question: if we had to play a Champions League final, what would be our midfield? And and we know now what our midfield would be, and it would be those three. And I think that's that's it. That's our first choice. You might see a bit of rotation, a bit of protection around Christmas, maybe with Thiago especially, especially with Curtis back in training and stuff like that. But that is, I can guarantee you now, when we get to the business end of the Champions League and the business end of this league, and that is the midfield club will want to get onto the pitch. And for me, there's not a debate about it. That's our best midfield three right now. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I don't think there's any, any doubt in anybody's mind, Chief. Um, Johnny's 100% there. And I think Thiago's reputation and ability has been a little bit lost over the last 18 months, I feel. Um, I think we forget the fanfare and the <laughs> the extended drama that surrounded his, his transfer to Liverpool. And this guy's won it all. This guy's done it all. Um, and let's be honest about this. And I think we probably said this at the time. He is probably the first and only out and out recognised world class player that Liverpool have ever signed in the Premier League era. And we're starting to see that now, but we also can't lose sight of that as to how significant he can now be. To the level that we hoped he would have been last year, but obviously last year happened the way it was. But we should be as excited this year about seeing him in that side as we were at the start of last season. Yeah, of course. Um, it never really works like that, though, does it? Delay gratification doesn't have the same. Uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't burn quite so so brightly. Um, I think everything everything. Everything was a bit fucked up anyway um, because of COVID. So the whole of last season was a... Uh, and then you throw in, as Johnny was talking about, what, what happened happened at Everton, what happened to our season uh, when we were all expecting to retain the title and we all believed that we, we, we certainly would have retained the title, especially given City's points total, um, you know, apart from the injuries. Uh, and... I think that's it's knocked a lot of things, you know, because obviously Thiago comes in last season and we 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 as as was mentioned we, we get to see him at, at Everton in the second half I think after Van Dijk goes off, but that midfield absolutely bossed it and looked amazing and produced the winner which was chalked off wrongly, um, but obviously. You know, nobody. The, the record books don't don't show the the disallowed winner. They only show the two two, and they'll show that Van Dijk went off that that day and didn't return for the rest of the season. That Thiago went off and didn't return for three months, and then then he comes back, and he's having to play centre midfield while his centre midfield partners are trying to play centre back and getting injured doing that because we've got no centre halves, and then he's having to play in front of Nat Phillips and. God, forget me. What did you call that other wee one that that was in um, the younger lad, Reese Williams? Reese Williams. I, uh, you know, having having to play in front of him, 
and you've got central midfielders then injured. Uh, so he's playing in a in a midfield that certainly isn't anywhere close to the first choice. And he's he's having to fight fires and he's running around all over the place and he's trying to settle in the side and the city at the same time and it doesn't quite work for him. And of course, football fans being football fans, although although we're all aware of the wider context and when we think about it rationally, we can factor all that stuff in in the heat of the moment. We don't think about the wider context and we're going, oh, fuck Thiago again there, throwing in a stupid tackle or getting booked again, or he's not all that, is he? And, it, you know, that went on for a while. Um, Johnny's right to reference there the, the back end of last season where he plays in a much more settled midfield and we put together a great run and, and sort of come from nowhere to finish third. Um, and it's been more of the same for him this season because generally, apart from a couple of games, they're about... Four or five weeks ago, when funnily enough, we, me and you were discussing, Dave, the the problems in our centre midfield and, and the fact that we look leaky and, and all the rest of it. And we, we were obviously referencing the, the fact that Fabinho and Thiago were out injured. And now they've both come back and we're imperious again. And you round off the stats not, um, not, not 10 minutes ago. And they're fucking impressive uh, by anyone's standards. And Thiago's obviously a massive part in that and you're right he is probably i know what you mean anyways probably the the only world-class player we've bought when he is still recognized as a as a galactico or not before he gets recognized or, or after he was he was still very much at the top of his game and um we are very much seeing his quality now because he's he's got everything but you know above all else he's got that calmness and poise on the pitch where nothing faces him. And that's not to say he's perfect. He, you know, he's kicked, he's, he's given the ball away the odd time ridiculously, or, you know, as we I mentioned a minute ago, he, he's capable of throwing in the odd, the odd sort of um, overzealous tackle or whatever, but he's generally always in control. And that's, that's massively precious in a, in a football, particularly in a central midfielder and, and one of his qualities doing things at the pace he's doing them at and with the players and on the level that he's, that he's performing as well. So it's, it's, it was a massive signing at the time. And of course, because of what happened, there was a, there's been a little bit of on and on, but um, it's brilliant to see him performing at his best in a, in a red shirt week in, week out. Yep. So, Dave, you mentioned earlier on, you see this team pushing towards a, potentially a Champions League and Premier League double. We saw the draw. Well, we saw a number of draws at the weekend. Um, and and let's just start with the farce. The farce. UEFA <laughs> just continue to do their absolute best to prove everyone right that they're an absolute shambles of an organisation with no real interest in in the football side of things, but just as how much money they can squeeze out of the game. And it's, it's just... It's, it, it beggars belief how competition that generates this much revenue, has this much interest, the guys that organise it can't literally get the basics of it right, which is draw names out of a hat. And, and what's further, Dave... They, they, they subject themselves to the humiliation of doing it live on television to a global audience. This, this level of incompetence. Look, when I was a kid, the World Cup was king. 
Um, and it was always the World Cup. The Champions League is now this huge global brand. Huge, as you say, it's the biggest money spinner. They're fucking bolting on everything to make more and more fucking cash out of it, selling it to more and more countries. Um, and they can't even get the fucking basics of fucking doing a draw right. Like, it, it's, it's, it's beyond incompetence. It is beyond incompetence. When you're dealing at that level, like, do they even give a fuck about the football anymore? Um, you know, I, I actually woke up. I, I missed the first draw. And I went into our group. I went, oh, it was a Champions League draw into the group. Um, and it was, we got Salzburg sort of thing. And, and I, think it was, I think it was Jay that said, we'll have to be a redraw. And I first of all thought that, you know, because it was quite an easy draw that wasn't, you know, he, he was sort of taking the piss that we normally get shit on in draws, which we normally do. Um, and I thought that was the thing. And then opened, opened a web page and the whole thing sort of was, was explained. And then the next one was another draw at two o'clock, which I watched. Um, and like, yeah, like, like, you know, if you remember, like, if you were on the board of AFA, like, you've got to be holding your head in shame with that. And I guarantee you, not one of them were. Um, but uh, just a complete and utter embarrassment. Um, do you want to talk about our draw, Dave, or, or would you just like to, to bitch about the draw? Well, we can talk about the second draw if you like, or the first one. I don't know. It's kind of Salzburg to enter. It, it kind of for for me. For me, I don't, I don't really mind because for me, Dave, you know me, I, I'm in it for the glamour. I, th- this is what the oh, competition uh, should be all about. And, and, and we, we seem to like the San Zero in, in recent weeks, so why the hell not go back? Yeah. That's and in I look years at it. as well. Don't, you know, don't forget, yeah. we went there, we under one and I think was 2007 with a Fernando Torres winner. So, uh-huh. you know, people would have thought we've been hard done by. Some people would be really pissed off that, you know, essentially you're looking at, you're looking at a bye. With no disrespect to Salzburg, you're looking at a bye into the next round. And what you've got now is probably one of the, one of the two teams you would have really hoped to avoid in, 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 in during PSG. So you can understand why well, people would be upset. To, to, to be honest with you, Dave, I, I'm, I'm happier. And, and it's not that I would be unhappy with PSG, um, but I, I'm not, I'm perfectly happy. I just see us going through. There's a breeze. I'm not saying, and that's not taking anything away from Inter. But where we are, where we're standing at the moment, and, and the way that we're looking, it's, it's wee buns. Like, it's not even a question of whether whether we make a last eight. And, and, and I'll tell you another thing. Had we got PSG, I still fancy us beating them. But I'll tell you what, I'd much rather get them after, after the round of 16. I'm happier getting... A, a sort of a an easier one to get back into the competition. There's that long break now to February, but one thing we know about Klopp's teams and whatnot, we start peaking around February March, and, and it's all built around us peaking February March, and that's a nice. The Inter, there's no room for complacency because they're a good team, but they're not a great team, and and that'll keep us on our toes and keep us that momentum going because the way that that draw went out, the, the next round. It's you know the round of eight, you know it's getting sharp. There's going to be no fucking easy easy draw in in the next parts. So take this one now as an easier draw. I'm not. I don't want to. I enter Milan. Great, great respect for both for Milan clubs. I no. I don't want to. Don't want to sound uh, sort of disrespectful to them. But we should have them on toasted. Yeah, I can I can understand Dave's sentiments there, Johnny. Um, you know, 
Bullard of Milan and the San Siro, particularly the way the, the group is poised and the team that we send out. And um, it kind of looks like a bit of an indictment on Italian football. And, you know, Inter kind of just overtaking them um, to lead Serie A. And I think, I think maybe this week, maybe the last couple of weeks. But for me, I think they're far and away the best team in Italy at the moment. Um, they've got They've got some good players. You know, people kind of discount them because, they, you know, they lost a big manager in the summer in Conte. They lost Hakimi. They lost Kaku. But they, behind us, they've scored the most goals out of any team in the top five leagues, 43 in 17 matches. That's impressive. They've got some, they've got some super players there. You know, um, Tanaloglu's moved across from Milan, set-piece specialist. Lutaro Martinez is, was looked at at Spurs in the summer, banging in goals, um, continues to bang in goals. Um, Nicola, Nicola Burrell is one, one of the hottest prospects and, and best young midfielders on the continent at the minute. And unfortunately, I think he's suspended for the first leg. And then they've got real experience in there. Brozovic, Vidal still there. Dzeko somehow still playing football. Um, and Alexis Sanchez is having a bit of a kind of renaissance at the minute. So, you know, given they've got some good centre halves and a good goalkeeper as well, I, I don't think they're to be sniffed at. I don't think this is going to be quite as easy as everybody thinks it's going to be. <clears throat> no, I think that's absolutely fair, Dave. It, it's a much it's a much tougher draw than 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 what we had. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when when we had the the, the Red Bull, uh, th- yeah, this it's is pretty much uh, a plum draw when it comes out the first time. Yeah. It's as good as it gets, isn't it? The Salzburg draw. It it, it really is like. Uh, and 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 what you've got now is, they're, they're listen, uh, they're not in our class. If we're on our game, I I think we'll win this tie by two goals probably. Um, I'm very interested in the dynamic of. Um, knockout football without the away goals rule. I, I can't ever remember not having the away goals rule. It it, it intrigues me. Um, I don't I'm like fucking it. dreading it, Johnny. I, I, yeah. You said it's not, it's always been there. It's always been there for me. And, and it hasn't always is, been there. Actually, the first time the away goals rule was brought in was I think nineteen sixty. No, yeah. For as I remember, Dave. As I remember, it's always been well, there. What, well, well, what you're saying, Dave, is it's been there forever in our lifetime. Well, what I'm saying, what I'm yeah. actually trying to say is that um, Glenn Horn was the first team to uh, be knocked out of uh, the European. But Cup. we're talking about by, fucking football here for uh, fuck's by, sake. By, by, by the away goals rule, by no other than the UCBO's Benfica. So had to shoehorn that one in, did yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> Now, now you've bored the listeners to fucking death. Come on, get back to Liverpool. <laughs> anyway, Johnny. Um, as, yeah. an East, uh, as an East Belfast native, I totally respect that Glenn Torn reference, <laughs> Dave. But but I think it's an interesting one because in a funny sort of way, I've always thought the away goal suited Liverpool because especially in a tie like this for the first legs away from home, and you, you know you've got the second leg back at Anfield. So my mindset was always, you know, get an away goal or two. If we draw and score an away goal, it's great. Even if we lose 2-1 and get an away goal, it's great because all we've got to do is one win 1-0. Then you bring them back to Anfield and they're going to struggle because the crowd's going to be on top of them. We've got this 
unique power of Anfield, which we do. And I mean, dickheads can try and deny it's a real thing, but it's obviously a thing. Um, it's obviously a thing when you see the things that have happened in our lives. And we, we've seen us beat a Mourinho-Chelsea team that were 30 points better than us. You've seen us come from three goals down against Barcelona with Messi on the pitch and win 4-0. We, with, um, with, with Salah and Firmino, um, not able to <laughs> suspend it or what, unable to play with injuries or whatever it was. So. Don't we forget the Dortmund that. game in there as well. Dortmund yeah, like we, mad, we, we know mad things happen. So I've always liked the way goals go because I always felt like teams struggle disproportionately to score at Anfield when it matters. So I'm not a fan of it, but but I can see the arguments, you know, especially when Atletico Madrid knocked us out. Um, and even Simeone, I think, after that game, made the point about the away goals rule shafted us that night. Because uh, they had extra time to score the away goal that that, that we didn't, but uh, but it is what it is. I think um, they're they're a good side, Dave. They're a good squad. They've a lot of experience. They're not to be dismissed lightly. You know, they've they've got a lot of really good pros, a lot of a lot of solid players. Perisic has been a really good pro. Barella, as you say, is uh, you know he he's he's one of these really exceptional. Uh, talents. And then you've got guys like Vidal and you know people like that 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 you know and Dumfries who they've they've looked good when I've when I've watched them. Martinez up front, Correa, you know they're not mugs. Alexis Sanchez, Zeko, they've experienced, and so we're going to have to do our job. But I'd have to say I think our standards would have to really drop over two legs to lose to them. I just think we've got. So many players at the peak of their powers, as opposed to them. Um, I'm expecting to go through in this tie, maybe four one four two on aggregate. If I'm honest, that's that's what I think. But we need to be honest to, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. I think we, if we are honest, I think the only thing that kind of worries me, and this probably plays into your hands, the fact that no away goals will that they have goals in them as well. So, Chief, I'm kind of with Johnny. It's a harder tie than I would have liked, but at the same time. I like the glamour, so I'm kind of okay with it, especially when we're absolutely belter. You know, days gone by, I've been praying for an easy draw, um, a la 2005, which kind of never happened. But um, in this occasion, I don't really care. And, you know, the draws come out, and European football's not quite was a few years ago, or, see, to be honest, kind of for as long as I can remember. Um You've got, you've got PSG and Real Madrid, who look like they've, they've got some solidity and consistency this season. Um, PSG do not. Sporting and City, Salzburg, Bayern, um, Chelsea and Lille, and, and then a, a poor Juventus side versus Villarreal, and Atletico versus United, who we've already put a combined 11 goals in three games past this season. So like, you have to think we are well in with a shout. Absolutely. Um, I think we're favourites. Uh, I don't know if we're Bucky's favourites. We probably won't be because City are still in the competition and they're always the favourites. Um, despite doing their best year in, year out to not win the competition, even when they're up against um, someone like Chelsea in the final last season, who, of course, have gone on to do well and show that they're a good side. But um, Man City should really be be winning that final. Um of course, we've got a chance, a real good chance. Um, 
Is it a harder draw? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I suppose it just really depends. As you mentioned earlier, these ties are played in, in three months, aren't they? So I suppose we'll we'll work out how much of a kick in the stones it was um, when when that time comes around. If it falls nicely and in between games that aren't aren't too difficult, and uh, perhaps yeah, there's not maybe not as much riding on it. Um, that'll be good if we're we're perhaps. Uh, maybe clear in the league or or yeah we've got a full complement of players and whatever but you know there's the possibility of things getting fucked up now over Christmas with COVID and then games having to be rescheduled come January and February and um, you just never know like playing Inter is obviously as use of reference it's a it's a whole different different ball game there for me they've the far and away the best squad in in Serie A at the moment and uh, you were rhyming it off earlier and they, they've not got a bad player in any position um, and you look at their bench as well and there's a, a raft of, of, of Champions League experience there and, and goal scoring experience as well so do I think we're better? Absolutely um, but we will need to be at the top of our game and we will need to hope that um, you know circumstances are, are not um, Causing us any undue concern at that at that particular time, I would far rather have got Salzburg. I know what you say about the glamour, but as Johnny says, it was a buy. And in a season like this, when you're going for as many competitions as you can, those are the kind of draws you need. As City have proven over the years, when they've you know been drawn against also runs for most of the competitions that they've they've won in. Um. So yeah. I'm not overly happy, and no, I don't think it was just an honest mistake. Um, but that's me. <laughs> I don't think it was deliberately done to fuck us over. But that I very don't. much is you. That very much is all yeah. brand chief. Absolutely, I don't think that they literally can be quite that incompetent, and when there is so much money at stake and and all the rest of it. So call me a cynic, but you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I, I'm a bit pissed off about it. I think. Certainly, we we have what it takes to beat them without any massive problems, but it's going to be much a much tougher ask, I think, and certainly much more. Um, we have to we'll have to focus on it and and pay it a lot more attention than than possibly we would have against Salzburg. Yeah, that's that's all fair. That's all fair. But Davis Chief says that's kind of looking towards February time there. Let's talk about the immediate future. Thursday night, it's Newcastle. Jesus, well, they are brutal. They are absolutely brutal. Um, this has got to be three points in the bag. I, I don't even think they're bottom of the league, and I honestly don't know how. Um, but there is a little... I don't know. There's a chance that... We look at this and we maybe see one of those games where there's kind of mass rotation because they are so shit. Um, It's not that the players in the pitch are bad, it's just we don't quite click and we make things look a bit more difficult than they have to be. But like what happened to Milan, you mean? Um, (laughs) That's that's absolutely fair. uh, No, but there was was eight changes, I think, in in that game. And Dave... I think the noises that have been coming out, um, certainly what I've seen, 
Klopp has been very much banging the drum, even probably more so than, than, than past seasons, about squad rotation, how important it's going to be this season. And, and you know, that, this goes back to the previous comment that I made. This is this is us fucking gearing up on two fronts here. Um, and I love it. Um, we, we are gearing up for fucking war on two fronts and, and we're going to be we're going to be in the, the, the question deep in those competitions. Um, and, and for that reason, I can see maybe, you know, I can see half a dozen changes here. Um, you know, I could see the likes of a Canadi coming in for it. Um, uh, you know, uh, Andy Robertson getting a break for it. You know, yeah, those, those areas that, you know, against like they are pants, they're fucking shite. Like Newcastle are shite at the minute, and I haven't seen that much of them. Just mainly highlights, and the highlights have been disastrous. Um, how, how we don't get three points from this game, I, 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 it's, it's unthinkable that we don't get three points from this game. Um. But I do see a bit of rotation. And as you say, it causes to be, you know, whenever you have the, 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 the main skeleton of our, of, of our first 11 on the pitch and maybe one or two changes, we can carry that. But I think whenever we go into four and five changes and beyond that, what, what you're suggesting is absolutely correct. The dynamic of the whole thing changes and comes a wee bit wobbly and disjointed. But even at that, even if that's the way he goes, Dave, I still expect three points. Like like Milan, we'll 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 adapt to it and we'll overcome. And and I'd put that Milan team a lot better than what I see at Newcastle at the minute as well. By the way, so I, I'm happy with rotation, and I'll be happy when we take three points. And and I, and I expect both. Yeah, you've got to you've got to expect the three points, Johnny. Um, you know, you touched on it. They are, they don't have a lot of very good players. No. And it's a weird one, I think. Eddie Howe's probably made it more difficult for them because he's going to want to play a certain way. Um, I was never kind of disappointed to see Eddie Howe and his Bournemouth team rocking up the Anfield. Never. And arguably, they had the better players. Side do now. Maybe St. Maxima on the side who can carve something out of nothing. But aside from him and, and maybe Callum Wilson, who I think he's good, but he can't stay fit. And he's got, aside from St. Maxima, fairly close to fuck all around him to give him any kind of service. Yeah, I mean, the, the, structurally, they're a very poor team. Their backline, you know, they don't have any idea of what they're doing. They, they really, like Leicester, I can't emphasize this enough. Leicester were one of the worst teams I've ever seen win 4 0 in a Premier League game at the weekend. Like Leicester were really mediocre, but there was a couple of times they just broke. And Newcastle were like the Red Sea. They just, they're all out of shape. They make it really easy to play a ball around them and, and just beat their offside trap. They're, they're just really poor. I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I think they've got two excellent players. I, I think your St. Maximum is, he is a really talented player. He's one of the most talented players in the league. If he was playing for, you know, a man, if, if that guy played for Man City or, or, or Liverpool, and, and you had him coming on for a cameo for half an hour and going, 
just give this guy the ball and let him run at players. He's incredible. He really is. Like Sam Maxwell's an incredibly talented player. I think Wilson is one of the best finishers in the league. He, he doesn't need if you look at any stats on him, I mean, his 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 XG is expected goals against the chances he gets. He's he's absolutely clinical. So I do think those guys do so much heavy lifting for a team that are just fundamentally they're so flawed. I mean, they really I agree with everything Dave said. I think Klopp may well use this as an opportunity to play Simakas, play Kanadi. We we can we can flip the team around a bit here. There's no doubt about that. We can put out a team, give maybe three, four players that we'd normally expect to see in a Premier League game a break and still expect to win comfortably. They are that bad. Um, I don't know. It depends on Jurgen and what he wants to do. He may just go, well, let's go full throttle and just put the game to bed in an hour and then, and then do that. But, uh, but I think you will see some rotation. And, and, and rightly so. I mean, I, I suppose the, the elephant in the room at the moment is, and we don't know, we're, we're recording this on a, on a Tuesday night is, we don't know what the story is with Tottenham. I mean, Tottenham away at the weekend under Conte is potentially a tricky sort of game on Sunday. Um, but they've got their COVID concerns. We don't know if their game against Leicester is going to go ahead. So, you know, all these things will be playing in the, Klopp's line. If that match, if they know something and think that that game's unlikely to happen, probably go stronger um, on, on on Thursday against Newcastle. So there's just a lot of things to consider. But no, I agree with everything Dave said. It's an opportunity to rotate. They're the worst team in the league. They're defensively awful. Um, even playing at 50-60% of what we're capable of, we should win this game by a couple of goals. So um, although it's, uh, after watching Man City put seven past Leeds tonight, we might we might we might need to put a few a few past them just to keep the goal difference healthy. But uh, yeah, listen, it should be a should be a shoe in for three points. Yeah, Chief, you would think so, wouldn't you? Um, I think we've seen over this period. You talked about it earlier on the podcast. Um, this run of difficult fixtures that Klopp negotiates expertly over the last couple of seasons and what we have seen over those periods of time um, over the last few years is is mass rotation and probably more than we've seen so far so what sort of a team do you see I'm kind of with the guys where you'll see a you'll see a Kanate come in you'll you'll see a Simicus come in is it, what sort of other changes do you expect to see yeah I'd probably go along with that um, as has been mentioned, the rotation the rotation has been a big word for uh, for for club this season. And you know, in in other December's gone by as well, where we've done well, we've, we've used the squad really well. Um, touch wood at the moment with a fairly injury free squad. I think Naby Kaida and Bobby are due back anytime soon as well. And um, well, I'm fairly sure Kaida was on the bench on Saturday, wasn't he? There, there you go. So he's he's back in contention anyway, and. Bobby can't be out for much longer. Um, Jota, you've a, Mil- came- you a Milner there too, don't you? Yeah, and Jota's obviously fit enough to be playing again, so uh, he's back in the mix. So I would imagine uh, as well if Divox fit. I don't know uh, about that one, but if Divox fit, I can see him maybe getting 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 a nod again. 
Um, I think Johnny's right. Tottenham is obviously the bigger game. We don't know if that's going to go ahead, but you'd say probably chances are it will, given it's a full seven days after their sort of COVID outbreak. Um, will they have sorted things out? I don't know, but but probably. So that'll definitely be on, and we we have to we have obviously Klopp will have to prepare um, under the under the proviso that it, that it will be going ahead. So um, I think that'll be taken into consideration. But yeah, now we're we're very much playing three games a week every week, uh, more so with with Christmas with the, the 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 crazy Christmas period as we always like to refer to it. But yeah, two games in two days, Boxing Day to the twenty eighth, I think. Um, coming up on the horizon as well. So certainly the squad will be getting used. Simicus could come in. Divock could come in. You might see um, one of Van Dijk or, or Matip rested for, for Kanate, as was mentioned there. Um, you might see Thiago drop out in midfield and maybe a James Milner come in there. Um, it's a, one of his former clubs and uh, you know Klopp always knows he can trust him and use him. Um, will we see Minamino uh, in the front in the front three um, potentially, and certainly certainly maybe his first sub, if not uh, as a starter. So there's plenty of scope for change, but um, at the moment we're in a good place squad wise, and you wouldn't really worry whatever side he puts out. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. We are starting to get back to what's close, probably. You know, Elliot and and Jones aside, who are the two kind of real youngsters in the squad, um, away from being completely fully fit. So there is scope there. So let's see what happens. Um, I expect Newcastle to get absolutely pasted. Um, so hopefully, um, we'll come to you after that. Probably not, to be honest. Probably after Spurs happens or doesn't happen. So until then. Up the penalty, King Reds. <laughs>